0: Hey guys, this is Mookie from Even More About Nothing, and we just want to share a quick word from our sponsors. Jouet.co is an awesome website that sells fashionable, comfortable gaming clothing for nerds, geeks, and everyone into that kind of stuff. If you want to check out their awesome clothes from brands like FIFA, Final Fantasy, Dragon Ball Z, and Pokemon Go, check out their website, Jouet.co. That's J-O-U-E.co. Oh, Lord, what happened? I was trying to be professional. It didn't work out. So we're back to the hood stuff. Shout out to Migos uh, oh, for making Bad God. and Boozy. not Because <laughs> that song is amazing. Uh, the whole okay, culture okay, album is Donald amazing. Lover. Shout out to uh, Jadena for making a song with Quavo. Because that song is amazing. Shout out to Young Dolph for putting out an album <laughs> called Guacamole. So now that they know that they have... Hey, shout out to Big Sean. For putting out, and that's actually fantastic. Out so of everything I've said, listen to me, go some big shot.
1: So now that they know they have taken a right turn <laughs> into the hood. Into
0: the, make be, the, left, it'd be, it'd be make nice, the left on the prospect. It'd be nice to know
1: <laughs> who their GPS system is.
0: Right. All right. Hi, how's everybody doing? My name is Mookie, and this is a podcast even more about nothing, where we talk about everything from video games to comics, and sometimes we talk about absolutely nothing. Hence the name. Yeah, um, we are down one supposed host, he had to do something, Now we're kidding, Rafiki's out, he's out of the picture right now, he had to be a responsible adult, but the real host of the show is here, introduce yourself young man. Timmy Tonga, <laughs> you know, man I just wasn't cutting
1: it, so uh, I'm right he here, he wasn't cutting it, so <laughs> I'm playing, you I'm guys are nothing to just follow me on social media, at Timmy Tunga. Hey, what's up, guys? It's the new Ryan Seacrest for American Idol. <laughs> except it's even more about nothing. It's Mateo. And, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happened this week. Uh, a lot of stuff was announced. And there's some more stuff that happened, both in the TV realm and uh, gaming industry. So, I'm excited to hop into it. And I know you guys are as well. So... Without further ado, we blasting off. All right. So first thing we just want to throw out there. I'm sure for those of you that are listening, you may or may not have already heard this. Um, I know one person in particular, looking at you, John Sharpton. Uh, are excited about this. Michael Bay just announced this is gonna be his last Transformers movie that he's directing. Hallelujah. Erecting.
0: Praise the Lord. It's out here. I'm Finally. I'm we're already... requesting a reboot. <laughs> we have been saved. <laughs> Can we... we have been saved from lens flares and explosions. Hey, but they were good explosions. <laughs> there were great explosions. Granted, there was no reason to get rid of half of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but listen. You're not wrong. Listen. You're not wrong. Listen. Starstream has never been more powerful than when it was in <laughs> Chicago. Listen, Chief <laughs> Keith didn't stand a chance against Starstream Listen, me and Lil Channel from 79 couldn't save that.
1: <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, you can't man. do that. Anyway, so as you can tell, we're all excited. We kind of, we, we we enjoyed the first three. Before we tear him to shreds, days. can we just kinda of point out like our favorite moments out of like the Michael Bay Transformers films we've um, experienced? I'm just gonna say, at least I know for Mookie and I we have not seen past the third one. Well I have uh, Well
0: there's no reason to actually I've I seen mean, <laughs> I think I've seen all of them. Oh yeah? I saw the Mark Wahlberg. I'm book. the only one that has like seen the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did actually see the reason I said that is because I didn't want to incriminate myself. I, I paid mo- I paid money first for three for of them <laughs> I don't know what the first one was <laughs> like oh unless the, unless the fourth one's was on DVD I watched it on uh, an anonymous site I thought you said, <laughs> I watched it on an anonymous site www.blankblankblank.net <laughs> I wasn't trying to expose my sources cuz that's I, not my source though oh. okay I was, because I was, it's probably That's number one on the FBI. What, 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 is it, what is
1: what's one of them, Solar Films? <laughs> solar <laughs> Watch
0: 32. Yo, th- oh, listen, Keith, listen, watch 32 HD. HD. <laughs> yeah. on a, I, listen, y'all remember when Hulu used to be like the A1 bootleg site and then they, they got bought out and got all corporate and now you gotta pay? But like Hulu back in the day, they used to have everything. Boy. I remember I watched <laughs> all four seasons of the Boondocks, before season four is out, Hulu <laughs> used on. to be the plug. No, no, I think you're forgetting
1: the OG plug. Though. SideReel.com. No, Limewire. Oh! Lime what are you? You young kids don't know. You pre-millennials don't know and about Limewire. Lime Podcast even more about Limewire. <laughs> Listen, bro, how many how many viruses have your computers got?
0: Thirty-six. <laughs> Only 36? thirty-six. You're Listen, one of the lucky ones. <laughs> what I mean to say is, I've had to have my computer wiped thirty-six times. <laughs> <laughs> for viruses it's bad one time i bricked i bricked i literally bricked my entire computer just had to take it into microsoft and they were like yeah you just gonna buy a new one just go no, ahead and buy a new no, one.
1: it's just like you come in what's wrong with it i don't know you figure it out
0: <laughs> deuce
1: anyway so yeah uh favorite moment from the transformers movie um first of all i'm gonna have to say right now probably my favorite movie out of the three was Revenge of the Fallen. Um, It was good, but it didn't make sense story-wise, like, in the way they placed it. But it was really good. Um, One of my favorite moments was, obviously, when Optimus came back and he fused with Jetfire, even though Jetfire was just an old fart at that point. And it's interesting, in the uh, old Transformers movies or in the comics that they had, was... He originally a Decepticon or has he always been an Autobot? Uh I think it's Jetfire. Jetfire cuz in in the I think he switched. Autobot. Well, I think he switched.
0: I think you're thinking of Sideswipe.
1: No, 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 cuz in the movie they played it from the uh, advance uh from the angle that they were going to the uh, Smithsonian and he w- they saw the Decepticon symbol. But I think also there's a bit of like a political twist to it where what we think is the Decepticons wasn't necessarily the goal back then. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was just interesting that they did that, but I, I really enjoyed where Optimus fused up and linked up with uh, uh, Jetfire. That was one of my favorite moments. What about you guys? Uh, I have to agree with you. I'm going to go with uh, Revenge of the Fallen. That was, that was really solid. Um, I don't know. I... I I do appreciate the first one, just because like, we're it was finally the first getting a live-action Transformers yeah. movie. And for what it was, it was cool. And then everybody's freaking out about Bumblebee. like, oh, man, I gotta, gotta have that
0: car. Was, yeah, you know, I appreciate like, the first one the most, because um, although Megan Fox was absolutely terrible, hot garbage, just screen candy, um, that's not saying anything against her character, but just the way she was portrayed, her acting is terrible. Um, <laughs> but it was funny. It was like the first time we like got to interact with the the Decepticons in a way that they weren't like this like evil villain trying to take over the world and they had these like they had these ridiculous laughs in the in, in the cartoons like Starscream had a really awful laugh in the cartoons mm-hmm. so like they were like actually menacing like they were like in the cartoons there was never any doubt that the Autobots were gonna win they might have like forgot they were in a fight for a second and then, like, one might have got punched and then they decided to beat the Decepticon. <laughs> <No, like.
1: laughs> <laughs> the only time, like, I would have, like, when they joined together in they fight fighting Unicron. Yeah. That was so intense. Hold yeah. on, let, let's yeah. talk
0: yeah. about how that was going to turn out In up, Transformers well, Armada? Okay, sure. yeah. Yeah. No, no, go
1: ahead, go, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just
1: saying, in Transformers Armada, one of the dopest moments was when, uh, everyone's exterior changed colors. Yes. I remember, yes. like, I know Bumblebee was a long predecessor, but when they came out with Hot Shot yeah. in Transformers Armada, that and, ho- and a homie had the glow up, he went from a yellow uh, yellow paint job to, what was it, like dark blue or something like God, that? No, it was like red or orange. Was it red? Yeah. I don't know who I was thinking of with dark blue, but whatever. That would have been a dope change up, though. But that, w- that got me so hyped as a kid. You don't even understand. And then the final battle, whenever Optimus just took out the uh, the matrix of leadership, he just threw that bug in the air, and then he started running hands with Megatron. Oh my gosh, man, memories. I know, right? That was I'm a about man. to go. I'm about to watch that as soon as we're done, man.
0: Dude, I watched it last week. You won. We're gonna have are we gonna have, we're gonna have a Transformers night tonight.
1: Bad. Do it. I just gotta make sure I'm up at. I'm not gonna say that time. Get upset thinking about yeah. it. All right, go
0: ahead and finish your thought. Cool. Uh, uh, it was really cool seeing the Decepticons. I thought like the fight in Egypt was my favorite fight. When they were in the pyramids, um, mm. that was my probably one of my favorite scenes in all the Transformers. Oh, uh, it was really funny. It was really good. Just well put together action, and then of course Tyrese being Tyrese said some funny stuff. So it was good. It was good. I appreciate those moments. Um, unlike. When we thought G.I. Joe was gonna be good. And then, uh, I mean, the
1: first one was decent, the action was better than the second one, and I'm glad they did make the change up from Channing Tatum up to The Rock. Yes,
0: yes. But I mean, like, not to hate on another brother, but what's going on? What was going on with Martin Wayne's in that movie? That was the worst ripcord I've seen in a long time. Tahane! Listen. <laughs> Listen. 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 <laughs> uh, they got different ripcords in Nigeria? no you can't uh, do that you can't say that you can't do that my cousin Timmy will find you (laughs) I'm kidding Uh, no I actually like prefer what they what what happened as a result of the G I don't know how we got the G.I. Joe Um, ADD blame ADD as a result of the whole G.I. Joe movie they put out like it was in the Netflix cartoon or it was like a regular cartoon that I've, I eventually found on Netflix but like the G.I. Joe's had been dismantled and it was basically this small team it was um I think Ripcord Boomer that oh is that Renegade? yeah G.I. Joe Renegade was a really good revival of the cartoon series and I'm mad that it got cancelled but um yeah The first one was good. Anyway, moving on.
1: Yeah, so all that to say, uh, no harm, no foul, except if you're Michael Bay filming Transformers. Uh, But yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, Another announcement that was made, kind of shifting gears here, uh, that I'm excited for is they just announced some new news for uh, FIFA 18. Uh, one of the big things, this is probably, FIFA 17 was like one of the biggest change-ups since, um, I want to say like FIFA 13, maybe even FIFA 15. But like one of the biggest change-ups they've done, they added uh, the journey. So you're following following Alex Hunter and through his essentially first season in the Premier League. And from there, you can train, uh, you play games, uh, you can... Essentially, going to the penultimate moment at the end of the season where you're either battling for a place or you're battling for the cup. You're either facing relegation. There's so many ways you can go with it, but they do pretty well to kind of still restrict it and guide you in the direction you're supposed to go. Um, and one of the big questions, if you played it, was at the end, there's like the secret scene, like if you play really well... You find out the last cutscene is you're called up to the England national team, but you never get to play with them. So, with that being said, FIFA 18 just uh, announced um, that they will be continuing the journey, but it'll be new characters, new storyline, um, and hopefully added uh, features and aspects to the game. So, hopefully, you do get a chance to play with your national team, and I find it interesting, you may even get to do the World Cup, because guys, it's 2017, we're a year away from Russia, and for those of you that aren't aware, Russia 2018 is the next World Cup, not not Russia, Russia, but anyways, so being able to play with your national team, going to the World Cup, being called up for that, it'd be really cool to see uh, EA implement that into the FIFA game, and just... Um, I'm kind of glad that there's. Um, I don't know for certain that it means they're actually stepping away from Alex Hunter, or if you're still following him. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that they're choosing to be like, "Hey, there's going to be new characters. It'll be cool if they just go ahead and like completely move from that to someone else." So you're like, "All right, you have a new rising star." That because I believe Alex Hunter was mar- modeled after like Marcus Rashford or something like yeah. that. I think that's the general consensus. So if they find someone else who's coming up in the ranks. And they're just like, all right, we're gonna model this after this person and you're still able to choose like premier. Who's
0: that play? young guy that just signed like the little eight, the eighteen year old guy that just signed a pretty big contract with uh I wanna say Man U? With Man United. And he, yeah, he was like First 18 minutes of his debut, he scored a goal or something like that. That's Marcus Rashford. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clearly, you guys know (laughs) I have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to FIFA, which is why we're putting on a series where I'm going to teach them how to play 2K, basically just yell at the screen and throw controllers, and they're going to teach me how to play FIFA, Uh, whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, Uh, and for a lot of people, I think like the American audience severely underestimates how well FIFA sells. Listen, Peter Moore, the head of EA, has says he will personally quit before a FIFA game is ever delayed. Listen, to be very clear, FIFA is the number one selling game in the world every year, point blank period. I don't care what you think, I don't care what you say. If you look at the numbers digitally, worldwide, there is not a single game that outsells FIFA because of the immense popularity of soccer. I know it's now the number two sport behind F1, mm-hmm. but it is still the most watched sport. f a thing? F1 is really a thing. Like, it's a huge well, I thing. I guess Lewis Hamilton. It's a huge yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, especially because it just got bought out, but we're gonna get back into video yeah. games and things. You actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> here's a piece of advice. If you're wanting to learn more about F1 and the whole world of F1 and really cool podcasts about Cars. Check out a podcast called "Let's Talk About Yo." Let's Talk About Cars, Yo, by um Alejandro, Pedro, and Fargini. Um, really cool YouTubers. They've got a whole YouTube channel about cars and fun stuff. So check out their podcast, "Let's Talk About Cars, Yo." They probably not listen, but whatever. Soccer's huge. I know we like to think Super Bowl is the most watched event. No, Super Bowl is a child's party compared to the World Cup. Um, you go if to no, let to another country. Let him it's like. Hey, hey, who do you think going to win the Super Bowl? The what? 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 Hold on, hold on. Is, is hold on. a Super Bowl full
1: of chili? I'm glad that you mentioned this. Have you guys seen the Super Bowl ads? Because, guys, we're recording on a Saturday right now because the Super Bowl is happening tomorrow. Facts. So it just makes sense to do it when things aren't going crazy. But have y'all seen the commercials of Marshawn Lynch in Skittles? No. He is in Houston, Ireland, asking them about the Super Bowl.
0: Marshawn Lynch is the greatest person. Marshawn Lynch 2020. <laughs> Did y'all see his appearance in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Oh, no. No, I, I never Ma- seen that listen, episode. Marshawn Lynch is having more fun than any other human being in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Besides maybe Chance the Rapper. This man is getting paid to do dumb stuff and eat Skittles. Listen, I don't care what your job is. You are not as cool as Marshawn Lynch getting paid to eat Skittles. And be in Houston, Ireland. In Houston, Promoting the Ireland, Super Bowl. Eating skills.
1: <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like you're saying, um, the Super Bowl. Like we in America, we think the Super Bowl is a big deal. Like even if you're thinking it is. about, it is. Um, so with the world, it is broken up into different regions. Uh, Europe is known as UEFA, uh, so it's the United European uh, Football Association. So with the UEFA Champions League, so the best teams in Europe going against each other. The numbers from like last year's final. And the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl pales in comparison when you're thinking about how many people watched online, how many people, like, tuned into the event, how many people recorded it and watched it later for the UEFA Champions League final. So, soccer is really
0: out here, if you didn't know. Yeah, and attendance, like, at, like, soccer has the highest attendance rate of any sport, period. More people go to a single soccer game in a week than people go to an entire football season. Like... That's, like, that's a verifiable fact. You can quote me on it. Um, But anyway, EA is just really doing awesome things with FIFA. They have announced that they are going to make another mistake, and they're going to return NBA Live this year at at EA Play.
1: (laughs) 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 Hold on. Hold on. Let
0: me...
1: Let me tell you how it's, I've never played NBA Live since, like, 04. oh like, I'm pretty sure that was the last copy they actually sold. <laughs> but, I'm getting to that. Listen. Like, I think it was NBA Live 16. So bad. Like, when that came out. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I work at your local uh, neighborhood Walmart. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it came out, you know, it was like the normal $59 or whatever. I'm pretty sure, like two months later, I was $19. (laughs) (laughs) How's the game so bad in two months? Oh, yeah. Was Allen Iverson ever on the cover of an NBA Live? I'm pretty sure he was.
0: No, Allen Allen Iverson was on the cover of NBA 2K for like seven years in a row. Oh. I don't, I don't, don't disrespect his legacy like that. No, I'm sorry. I was just, <laughs> I was just asking because
1: I was gonna say how can a how can a game with Allen Iverson on the cover tank so badly? Listen,
0: it, they've had Westbrook on the cover. I think they had KD one year. They had LeBron. No, they had Kyrie. That was the worst year. Listen, the year they had Kyrie, they had a glitch in the game where there was no basketball. So people were just literally running <laughs> up and down the court shooting air. But they've announced it because they took last year off because they only sold, what was it? First week, NBA 2K sold 170,000 copies. NBA Live sold 15,000 copies. <laughs> Shout out to 15,000 that actually bought it. Right? What percentage return is really <laughs> 99%. <laughs> There's a small child somewhere that asked for 2K and the grandma bought up NBA Live and they couldn't do nothing about it. No! <laughs> grandma oh, saw it doesn't know difference. Man! Yeah. Grandma Lucy got cussed out at Christmas and <laughs> Thanksgiving. She didn't get no pumpkin pie that year. <laughs> anyway, um, EA Play this year. Um, that's, if you don't understand, EA Play is essentially um, what EA is doing instead of E3. There are a lot of companies ...who have backed out of E3 in a traditional sense. Like, they're not at the conference. They're holding their own little shindig. Nintendo does the Treehouse every year. Bethesda's been doing the Bethesda Conference the day before. So it's usually the Sunday or the Monday before. Um, Other companies have pulled out. So EA is pulled out of E3, and they hold EA Play, which is just them. It's a conference of just strictly them. Their games, their platforms... Americans get annoyed. Oh, why are they talking about soccer? Because it sells. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> Take a seat, young man. But they're gonna talk about Mass Effect and drama this year. They're gonna talk about. Hopefully, they're gonna talk about the Star Wars game that's been in development. Um, that's just kind of be sitting there. And they said they're actually working the Bioware arm of EA. Bioware, known for amazing games such as Mass Effect, such as Dragon Age, such as a whole bunch of other games. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, all those good things. They have announced that they are working on a new IP, and what it sounds like is it's going to be an RPG, but more in the line of Destiny. So um, they mentioned heavy RPG things, but they said things like connected world, always online, a giant platform for players to connect. So it sounds like it's going to be a Destiny like RPG. One thing we know about Bioware, because it's Bioware, they know how to do story. One of my biggest complaints about Destiny, the story is a juice box. It's just... <laughs> it's a juice box. I remember I tried playing Destiny, and I, I got, like, three missions, and I was like... What's bro, that I happening? I've the same mission... Twice. times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The like, thing about Destiny is so much potential, and hopefully year two remedies this, but just, the story just hasn't quite clicked. And they've tried to make attempts to remedy that. It still hasn't stuck, but the game is still one of the most popular games on the planet right now. Um, really just really great gameplay, just the story's not there. But um, speaking of games that are um, coming out, e- E3 is our next big event. Um, but personally, we're all going to NakaCon, and we've been yes. checking out some of the things that are going to come in. I believe it's officially announced that Funimation is going to be there again this year. One, yeah, of I'm excited. Co- which, one of the coolest things is, last year, they hadn't announced this yet. This year, like the Funimation... Crunchyroll partnership is official. So we're either going to have a joint booth or Funimation's going to be there. Crunchyroll is a, is a sponsor of NakaCon. So there's going to be... So I hope they during the, their panel that they show us some content um, of, hey, this is how it's going to work. Hopefully they roll out a subscription plan. Um, like, they rolled out a discount. If you were at NakaCon, you could apply a special code and get a discount. We're going to try and get some codes as, like, a media company, and hopefully we can get some extra codes for you guys. Do some we, yeah, do some giveaways. We don't know because we're still trying to figure this thing out. You know, yeah. we're trying to get the budget right. Yeah, but um, we're really looking forward to NagaCon What else are you guys looking forward to? Because next week Neo comes out. I'm really really hyped Neo is made by Team Ninja. It's essentially Dark Souls and Ninja Gaiden oh mixing the. It's just going to be oh, so much. That sounds, I, I had not even heard about it. Well, oh. I might have heard a couple of things, but... Yeah, like, oh,
1: man, a that game That's, just... I mean, I was never a huge Ninja Gaiden fan, but just, like, the, the look and feel
0: of it, like... Dope. Dope. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's, like... Because it's it, it's placed in feudal Japan, it's really based, like, hard, hard, hardcore Japanese culture, hardcore Japanese folklore. You do play a blonde hero... Which slightly confuses me. Because what the heck is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white guy doing in Japan fighting monsters? I don't ask questions, but the dude is raw. <laughs> the dude is going in. One, of, I think we talked about this a little bit. One of the things that I learned while reviewing, um, preparing for the show, is um, the game focuses not only on different weapon styles to defeat different enemies, but different stances. So, similar to Witcher, the original Witcher, so Witcher 1, you have... A heavy stance, a medium stance, and a light stance. Obviously, the light stance is the quickest, but it does the less dam, the least amount of damage. The cool part about it, depending on the weapon you use, the combos also are different. So it's not the same combo like and box, 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 triangle, circle, maybe n- X. Yeah, yeah. So stuff, stuff like that. But um, because yeah, maybe a little bit of X. But because of the way they're framing it, um. You can switch combos mid-style. So let's say, like, you're fighting an enemy, and uh, because enemies are going to require you to do this, specifically boss creatures, so you might start out in the light stance, and you're going in your combos. Mid-combo, you might do a switch to a heavy stance to, like, decapitate somebody or cut off a limb and just do a lot of damage and then have to switch back to a light stance in order to have the agility to get away from their, like, Okay. That game just looks awesome. So shout out to Japanese studios doing dope stuff. Tim Ninjas always put put out good games. Really looking forward to this. Um, One thing we didn't talk about last time is um, we talked about Square Enix signing a deal. Well, I guess Marvel signing a deal with Square Enix. They already have the partnership with Kingdom Hearts. We talked about the Avengers game. They are also going to be making a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Word. Word. Let's go. Wait, Word. is
1: that not the telltale one, but... No, no,
0: no, no. This is a Square Enix Marvel collab. They, the Avengers game is a thing. Boy. So is Guardians of the Galaxy. Boy. All I'm saying is if I can I play really, as, uh, as Rocket... Exactly, bro. I just want to play as Rocket. I just really want to play as Rocket. I really feel like the, the, the Avengers one is is probably another Marvel Alliance game. Like, I am more convinced now more than ever that it's a Marvel Alliance game, especially since they announced two games. Like, I feel like the Marvel one's a Marvel Alliance game. Anyway, um, what else did you guys want to talk about? Um,
1: I think we can go ahead and just hop into uh, some of the TV action that's been happening. So, yeah. um, we're a couple weeks in. And this is actually the second week since the CW shows have returned, and we haven't talked about it yet. So, um, Caleb, I know you don't watch it usually. So, I guess it's... Me. Go ahead. So, To be um, honest, like, I haven't even watched Arrow yet, like the two episodes. Dude, I've watched it. Okay, so then we'll just kind of like skip over that. But before we hop into that, we just want to say, a couple, uh, about a month or so ago, we were talking about how there's a Black Lightning show that was coming to, I believe at first it was CBS or something like that. I refuse to let any superhero shows go to CBS now. Well, anything besides CW. I refuse to let them go. Yeah, so it was just, in this past week, uh, past week it was just announced that CW is picking up the pilot for Black Lightning. So, that is an even better chance of another superhero that's going to cross over into the DCCW universe. So, anyways, without further ado, uh, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on. Um, So, we'll really just highlight, like, Flash and Legends and maybe a little bit of um, Arrow and Supergirl. So, uh, with the Flash, so we... It ended on a pretty weird note, like, the mid-season finale, because we're so used to cliffhangers, but then all of a sudden, it was just like... And boy likes a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, and they locked him away, even though Barry just saw that Iris is going to die in like four months or six months or whatever it is. He's like, but they just bought an apartment <laughs> and seen And you're just like, this is too settling. <laughs> I was like, someone needs to break Barry's back again. <laughs> no, please don't no. do that. Uh, but no. Uh, what were your thoughts like the first episode coming back into uh, the season? What was the opening scene coming back? Oh, it was Barry's nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry. So, like, just that episode in general. Um, I don't know. I felt like it. It was. It was a nice comeback. Like, it's starting to build up, and there. I like where it's going, mm-hmm. I like how they do. It. It's like, all right, so how do we change that without like altering the timeline? Or creating like another flashpoint situation. Yeah. So I mean, I've been enjoying it so far, especially uh, this past week episode is more uh, vibe focused. Dude, my boy Cisco. A lot of character development for vibe, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, What were your thoughts on that, dude? Anytime my boy Cisco gets a chance to shine, I am always one hundred and ten percent on board with it. And it was really cool too because we got to see um, some of those like still buried feelings like flesh out. With the dynamic between Cisco and Harrison Wells. Even though this isn't the Harrison Wells that we've always known. Because we this is now the third version that we've had. And from what it sounds like, he's here to stay. And I think that's interesting because... Uh, each Harrison Wells that's shown up on Earth One... Has been a different iteration. There was the evil conniving Eobard Thawne, Still like super genius from the future. Uh, really mentoring the Flash. There was... H. R. from Earth Two, who is equally as smart, um, not so much conniving and evil yeah. as just you're a dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes yeah. of that entire season. <laughs> I don't know, last was bad, but you, you just a dick, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and not really good with interpersonal. But he, he's very much family oriented, as we saw with Jesse Quick. Um, very once he like got into the group. He's, like, really tight-knit, and he would he was really helping them in that front. With, uh... No, that was Harry. Sorry, I said HR. But with HR, the one from Earth, whatever, something... Well, what, what Earth is he from? 32 or something like that? 19. Yeah, 19. Supergirl's are 32 or whatever. That's three. That's not three. They just Supergirl? mentioned... Supergirl's, like, 32. Is it? Yeah, they mentioned the crossover. I, th- I could have scored was three. Oh, anyway. Yeah, it's not three. But, um, so yeah, this one, he's not smart, but he really gets everybody thinking. He's charismatic, a bit weird, but he's still there to, like, get everyone thinking. And, like, you can see Cisco has, like, this reserved, like, I'm supposed to hate people, like, I'm supposed to hate Harrison Wells because of what he's done to me. Like, he, like, built up all this trust all for it to be taken away because of some sort of ploy. Um, We saw him really warm up to Harry, um, and they really got along, but then this one lied for, like, various other reasons. And so just being able to see him saying, oh, that moment where he's like, well, Harrison Wells has always been there for me. Maybe it was my time to be there for Harrison Wells. So it was really cool to see that moment happen. Um, And the fact that they had an entire – Portal game going on, where it was just, like, in one hole and out the other. So, that was really cool to see. Um, yeah, what about Legends? I haven't watched Legends. You haven't watched Legends? Oh, my gosh. So much good. So, the other day, like, I had an appointment, so I didn't have to go to work. Uh, but I was just sitting at, uh, on campus, and I just caught up on the CW shows, besides from Supergirl. I haven't watched that. But... Uh, dude, Legends, there's some good stuff happening. So they have the Legion of Doom, which is Io Malcolm Merlin, and Damian Dark. First of all, that, I would hate for anyone to go up against that, but I think the team's got it. But, uh, I'm glad we had a Legion of Doom-centric episode. This was this past week, um, where we're really fleshing out, uh, what they're after the dynamic of the team. So we saw for a while that it was Eobard who was calling the shots, and Malcolm and Damien were more or less lackeys, which they hated being called that, which was funny. But And we finally get Rip Hunter back, for those that didn't know. RIP. RIP Rip Hunter. He sacrificed himself to save the team. But we're finally getting him back, and at the end of this last episode, it looks like he finally has his memories, but not in the way that we think, so... Um, there's finally some great stuff going on, and how can I not even mention this? We got a glimpse of the Black Flash. So we finally get to see after Zoom turned into the Black Flash at the end of season two, we finally get to see him
0: uh, coming after Eobard Thawne. And okay, we need to clarify that when he says Black Flash, it's he's not talking about African American Flash. No, no, we're talking about. The black flags, Like He is he's black. the Grim Reaper of Speedsters. He's, he's basically that's the best way to describe anti Speed Force.
1: Yeah. So whenever uh, Speedster dies, they're supposed to go back into the Speed Force. Well, because Eobarthon, Thawne, um, if you watch season one, so Eddie Thawne, his ancestor, killed himself so that Eobarthon doesn't exist. Well, at some point in time, Barry, uh, when he created Flashpoint pulled him from the timeline and held him captive. And so now he's essentially trying to outrun his non-existence is the way that they coined it in the episode. Um, So yeah, and so the Black Flash is essentially there to return what is rightfully the Speed Forces um, to make it sound like an omnipotent being. But yeah, I'm really glad we got a glimpse of that. And... I'm really wondering, like, what's gonna bring him to the Flash? Because as of right now, um, with Legends, they're jumping from timeline to like uh, from time period to time period. They were in 2025 when it first showed up. What's gonna bring him to 2017 Central City? Who do you think is going to die? That is the big question.
0: I don't
1: know and we also have to keep in mind there's also confirmed uh, reports that we will be getting Eddie Thawne soon again I did read that and so that uh, could play again into that now Eobard Thawne is coming back into the picture Uh, he could Eddie could now become Cobalt Blue that people have been speculating for a really long time and I mean, it is Flashpoint. <laughs> anyway, that's all here and there. Arrow's been really good as well. Uh, fantastic.
0: Yeah, I need to get back into it. Like, so you just need
1: to watch all the shows; they've gotten fantastic.
0: So though. we still we, not watching Supergirl. I'm kidding. I'm gonna watch Supergirl. Yeah, I'll eventually. Be like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> eventually. Well, okay. To be honest, like I sat down one Saturday. I don't really have a choice. Tim wouldn't give with a controller, so we watched like seven episodes you mean, of Supergirl. It was Benji. No, it was Tim. Tim wouldn't let me get in control. No, it was Benji. Because he already finished. Benji was watching. I'm caught up. I was like... He was already (laughs) It (laughs) was Benji. Oh, yeah, it was Benji. Benji. Yeah, Benji just refused to let me get the control that day. I'm not really mad because they were really good. Like, my favorite episode was uh, seeing John go ham. Dude, I love Martian Manhunter in that show. Listen, can we get... Let me not say that because I'm not trying to have Twitter come at me. But can we just give Martian Manhunter his own show? Because, listen listen that man is the best part of that show yeah like 100 percent, the best part of that show I'll take, i take let me let me calm myself down a little bit supergirl is still very irrelevant to me like that show is great because of the supporting characters i take it back that show is good because of the supporting characters That show is great because of Martian Manhunter. (laughs) I'm being very specific about the years of music. Yes, like Supergirl is not an interesting character. Listen. As much as you wanted to be like she, she's can't.
1: not interesting. Yeah. There's
0: nothing interesting about her without Superman. I like the idea
1: of I- introducing and Mon- all the that. feminists just got triggered. I'm <laughs> a feminist.
0: get <laughs> I mean, triggered if you want. I am a feminist. You can check my record.
1: My Twitter. Yeah, Monel is a great. <laughs> uh, Monel is a good character. They finally brought because uh, they brought also cyborg Superman now. Yeah. So that that was actually pretty dope when that came around. Like, season one was all right. Like, it started off it shaky, was It like, was safe. It was very, very safe. Yeah. But then again, like, I don't know what CW does, but, like, you can tell, like, just the entire shift in feel from, like, season one to season two.
0: Did you guys talk about Black Lightning? Yeah, we already mentioned that. Cool. I Actually, I'm glad you said that because I felt like CW allows more creative freedom um, or at least more... They're willing to take more risks with their show. I thought so. I, I shouldn't say it on air. I will tell you guys afterwards. Cool. <laughs> anyway. Don't get fired. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so aside from that,
1: well, that's a separate conversation for later. But yeah. uh, Arrow, yeah. like, I think you'd be interested. So they finally now have a Black Canary uh, since Laurel Laurel's died in back at the end of season four. So... And so, at first, we see this lady named Tina Bolin, who has a canary crack. She's a meta. She's originally from Central City. Which makes so much sense. She was there when the particle accelerator uh, exploded. She was a part of the CCPD, actually, better yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, we got got to see a cool little cameo where the Flash speeds into, like, uh, Captain Singh's office, and then... Uh, cause Oliver called him and he's like, This is the green arrow. And he, he he's like, I need proof. You see him look down at his phone, he's like <laughs> <laughs> Types types and types of text real quick, and next thing you know, Flash zooms in, supposed to know he's legit.
0: He's so legit. He's
1: legit. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was that was a funny moment. And then just uh, watching Curtis and Renee interact. That's always funny. Just like the mismatched characters that are so awesome. Yeah, because they're so, they're so different from each other. But anyways, yeah. So we have Tina Bolin, and she's out for revenge for the people that killed her partner and stuff like that, her boyfriend or lover or whatever. Um, yeah, so at the end, partner. so they offered to help her because they go to Hub City. And so they offer to help her, and he, they're just we- like, all right, uh, we'll help you. Well, it got to the point where Oliver was there to recruit her, but he's like, you can't do this alone. Look. We'll help you. If you don't want to join, we're gone. Okay? So, this is uh, obviously towards the latter part of the episode. So, he goes, they helped him. She still ends up killing the guy or whatever. And then she's gone. They go back to um, Star City. She shows up in his office, like, because he's uh, Oliver Queen, mayor of Star City. And he revealed himself to her, like his identity. So, she is in his office. And literally, the last scene, the last line of the episode, is she's like, oh, also, about my identity, Tina Boland is a cover I was using when I was undercover. My real name is Dinah Drake. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh, so that's (laughs) what they're doing? Yes. Yes. All right, okay, first of all, how did Barry mess up the timeline this time? (laughs) 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 So... If anyone doesn't know, do you want to exp- <laughs> Do you want to explain to them why that's significant?
1: So, and maybe you guys will be able to add on to this. So, Dinah Drake is literally the current version of Black Canary that they're using mm-hmm. in DC Comics, and so that so, for a long time, it's always been, uh,
0: Dinah Lance or Dinah Laurel Lance or yeah. However. Okay, so technically. Diana Lance was the original Black Canary. However, the, the the version name that they were using with Laurel was
1: technically from another Earth who was trying to make another life in Earth 1. Mm-hmm. That was the name they were using, but they were trying to go the original Black Canary route, which obviously flopped, and then they had to retcon her, and now they're using her as Black Siren, which works a lot better.
0: I haven't seen any of the Black Siren stuff, but, like, Again. Because remember she's evil. Yeah, Earth to yeah, do, yada yeah, yada yada. And yeah. again, again, issues with season one, two, and a little bit of three of Arrow. All the women cried way too much. There was entirely too much crying. See, listen, yeah. Laura will stub her toe and start crying for forty-five minutes. It was bad. It was bad. See, and then
1: that's that the was the best too part. much crying. So with having Tina Bolin, the hardened cop who left the CCPD because she was on a vendetta who was on her own for years for three years and she's just in bar like kicking butt taking names and like she's already skilled like hand to hand combat and she has an actual canary cry like boy right
0: right right (laughs) throw
1: that blonde wig on there and, oh, my gosh, we're finally going to get the Green Arrow and Black Canary that we so thoroughly deserve on Arrow. No time. more Felicity! <laughs> Thank God! <laughs> oh, oh, He's so happy that that's over. That's it. another oh, thing. So, understand. we're finally also, we may see a resurgence of hacktivist Felicity. Yes. I was actually, I was like, oh, we'll get old Felicity back. So, yeah. Um, I I will say this. Like, when, when they started doing, you know season you know season five and we started seeing hub city i actually thought and it was actually this is actually a good turn this is actually a good turn um i thought we would get uh, uh the question because he's from hub city so we see hub city get destroyed maybe that's his call to action kind of thing but you know we also got Ragman. i was like oh, that's pretty cool but where's the question and then all of a sudden we go back we got and i was like the black canary reveal i was like I'm okay with this I can handle this but um, that was that was kind of a nice little change of pace because I thought I knew who would come next in terms of characters they'd bring on but uh, i you excited. think we'll get a Green Lantern they've Cause been I'm hinting because i because they they've been dropping hints like they even had one like it was real quick they are changing from scene to scene but it shows a Jordan, Jordan jacket a Hal Jordan yeah. jacket you yeah. know like, God didn't even need kid. I was the one that caught this, and I showed God, I was like, yo, gee, check this out. <laughs> um, and I'm so mad because, like, I really want I, something else. I, I think we will, but It'll if we're like, going to get anything Green Lantern related, I will say Carol Ferris first. They would keep it very simple, very basic, but still give us that Green Lantern entryway. But it has to, I think it's going to be Carol Ferris first. Because, I mean, it's Carol Ferris Airways, and they're always there, just about to go train for something. Yeah, so that's probably will be the first thing. We'd... It, And we've also seen him go to... Uh, well, Oliver, at the end of Season 3, was when he and Felicity left, and he's like, oh, we're going to make a pit stop in, what was it, Coast City? Yes. Um, at the end of Season 3... Made a stop in Coast, right? They yeah, went to Co- or they went to Coast. Yeah, they were stopping in Coast. That's not where they ultimately end up, but he's like, oh, well, we're going to go to Coast City. We also saw flashbacks where he went to Coast City as well. Um, so there have been lots of. Have they revealed what he did in Coast City during then? I don't remember. I don't think that in the flashback, I think he just went to meet with somebody there. I don't no, know. No, but like in terms of when he oh. left with Felicity we just assumed that it was just like a vacation before they like picked a spot to like okay. settle um but yeah there's been lots of easter eggs dropped and we're finally getting uh some in real time in Arrow he's going back to Russia for the first time since leaving the Bratva so that'll be interesting as well and Talia has made an appearance in Arrow and
0: yeah that's been interesting which also I think the rapid advancements of the TV show um the TV shows on CW are also matched by the intensity um, on Gotham because Gotham is like it's like past nerd culture at this point like Gotham is like a syndicated national TV show like Gotham is kind of transcend because it's everyone knows Batman is coming like we've gotten an on-screen joker and that show kind of like, got off to a rough, rough start. People are like, "Oh, Gotham's trash, Gotham is trash." Like Gotham is is borderline like horror at this point. It's really really dark. It's really ramped up. They really bring in the com- the comic book because at first everyone was annoyed because it was a little too um close to reality. That comic book element felt very missing. And um uh, shout out to Jeff Johns, that man is Heaven Sent yeah. when he took over as a head honcho at DC. Um, um, he really just kind of like, well, we're a comic company so we're going to do comic book things. Um, hence why you finally got Superman on Supergirl like I have been saying since day one. Anyway, um, we're going to get... Clap one more time you have to leave. Oh you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Um but <laughs> I've been I've been clapping all day. It's a problem. I must clap to Gerald while we're having dinner. But that's a, that's a discussion for off air. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay. Don't ask no questions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're fi- I was clar- just now. We're gonna get on screen Batman. Uh, I think what's gonna happen to Gotham is a jump. Um, they've already kind of done a, a tentative jump. They've poison ivy got aged through. I don't want to spoil it because that's still relatively eh. Um, Poison Ivy got aged from being a child into being a full-grown adult. We have a Joker. Um, I think what we're going to get is we're going to get a time jump and then the show is going to resume and it's going to be Gotham Batman Year One. I have been saying this in season two and now I am more convinced than ever that with the things going on in the show so right now, We're going to get a time jump, and when the show comes back, I don't know if it'll happen next season or two seasons from now, when the show comes back, we're going to get Batman Year One. Or the show might get canceled, which is a good thing, because they're going to bring back a Batman show to TV, a syndicated TV show that's going to be Batman, and it's going to incorporate the Gotham characters into Batman, and it's going to start from Batman Year One. I think that's how it's going to happen.
1: Interesting. Just you might as well melt it into the CW because they've got this entire universe. Yeah, I
0: I do kind of like it being on Fox. I I hate Fox. Everybody who knows me personally knows (laughs) I disavow Fox ferociously. I despise everything that that company does, which is why I hate that they have basketball games and college games and all that other stuff. Anyway, I like that it's on Fox because they can get away with a little bit more. It's a bigger TV show. It's a bigger TV network. And the audience is exposed to like I feel like again not that I don't love the CW but I feel like the entire DC the entire DC network being concentrated on one place is not necessarily a good thing because like look at Marvel they're everywhere ABC Netflix movies they're everywhere and now they're gonna have an, a, 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 a I mean look who's backing them with yeah that I mean bread. Disney like, money doesn't count like they 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 t- somebody from Disney walks out picks up a wheelbarrow full of money, and just trots over to the Marvel Studios. Like, here's your daily delivery of loot. Boosh. Moolah. And then the Migos songs start playing. You can call me, bro. <laughs> call me what you want, but you can call me, bro. Money. I'm going to ask you to leave. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really hyped. Migos going to perform at the Super Bowl. Ba-bing. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what? It's, it's <laughs> technically Lady Gaga, but if Migos has... If Migos somehow manages a way to finesse their way into the Super Bowl, I will lose my collective mind. Chris, I'm sorry for destroying your house in advance, but Migos is on. What you want me to do? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into some news. Uh, PS4 Pro is starting to, like, really, really, like, Sony's real slick. Like, Sony is really, really, really slick. What happened? They're making a lot of moves to really position themselves as the best console on the market. So, as we both know, E3's around the corner. We're preparing for the Scorpio announcement. Six Teraflops is going to be supposedly the new most powerful console on the market. So, ahead of that, in the 4.5 update, Sony has finally released what they're calling PS4 Pro Boost Mode which essentially takes games that weren't coded specifically for the Pro, so everything predating the announcement of Pro and the release of Pro, and adds essentially unlocked frame rates so the game looks better. Now they are warning you that if a game is not specifically coded for Pro, it might experience screen tearing and all some awesome technical, glif- technical difficulties and it might actually crash. But essentially what this does it takes everything that existed on the ps4 which already looked amazing and gives it a power boost it unlocks the frame rate so it can run smoother better and just look better in general coincidentally one of the games that's on this list is actually one of the games that's on my backlog that i'm playing through right now in this dragon age inquisition I haven't personally tried... um, to stay on Dragon Age, Listen, that's one of my favorite series of all time. I know. (laughs) Like, you guys... How many hours I got on Dragon Age 1? Y'all know. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, I just talked to the guy today. He's like,
1: Yeah, I think it's tough for me to find another game. I just put 301 hours on uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. (laughs) And he goes, After two months, I beat the story. Now I need something else. (laughs) I looked at him. I was like, have you tried The Witcher? Have you tried Don't have do have that today. Tri- I-, I said, Have you tried Skyrim? What about Fallout? He goes, I've never played any of those. Well, there you go. <laughs> just look. hell that man. I-, I-, I, I, pull- I pulled all the games to the shelf because I remember there you go. we went over to Mookie's house and I think we were supposed to be helping his mom garden. Nope. And we was taking a break. I was like, All right,
0: let me play Xbox a little bit.
1: Put it in Dragon Age. I was there for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, that game series is so great. I love Dragon Age. Which is exact, exact, exactly what I was trying to say. BioWare knows how to do story. Actually, we can try that. I just picked up uh, Mirror's Edge 2. I don't know why you did that. No, we're watching Transformers tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we established this earlier. Anyway, <laughs> that's why you should be on the podcast one time. We know, we know, we know. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> why are you saying stuff? <laughs> just because we This can. is why you
1: relegated to guest. Dang. Just kidding. Dude. Shots. Just kidding. Shots. Shots. Welcome to Tim and Matt's new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Chris hosts American Idol.
0: You're hilarious. We're actually we, we just gonna give y'all a show. We're just, we're just gonna give y'all your own show. Anyway, yeah, same. Um, but boost. <laughs> boost mode will essentially allow games to function at a higher rate. Oh, I thought you said boost, boost mobile. Mode. He did. I said boost mode. I think you, you said, said Boost Mode mobile. Mobile. <laughs> I was like, Boost Mode! Sure, <laughs> Metro PCS is in the podcast now? <laughs> no! Metro <laughs> Boost <Boomer. laughs> <laughs> ah, If your Metro don't no, trust you, sorry for everyone who doesn't listen to rap. Those are all a bunch of Matt Rap references, so we apologize for all of that. But Boost Mode is gonna allow old games to function, like uh, if they were running on a PS4 Pro, in a better fashion. But what this also allows is games that are programmed for a Pro. To run even better, this is going to be a. This is essentially the first chess move against the Scorpio. Um, they announced that they're finally, finally, for the love of all things holy, Sony is finally allowing external hard drive support. So now you can have a hard drive as big as you want and hook it up to hook it up to your PS4, and it will be able to store your games. So, not that their cloud storage system isn't already fantastic, but it is. But this will make transferring systems. A whole lot easier. Um, so, shout out to Sony for making a bunch of dope moves. While we're sticking on the Sony bandwagon, Hideo Kojima, um, in an interview, said the reason he went with Sony as a partner, even though he literally had his pick of choice. Listen, the man announced he was starting his own studio and his phone broke because people kept calling him. The reason he went with Sony is because they allowed him 100% creative freedom. He could do and say and present whatever he wants because the studio belongs to him, the game belongs to him. Sony's involvement is going to be on the publication, and, and well, the publication, the publicity, and distribution side. That is their deal with Hideo Kojima. He has 100% freedom of creativity. This he said, he said he didn't think other companies would allow him to show a naked Norman Reedus on TV much less for his first trailer. And he said, Sony said, hey, look, it's your game. You do what you want. We're going to back you up on it. Um, Bruh, so the realist. <laughs> right? Um, so shout out to Sony for allowing creativity and showing that man some love, especially after he posts, what, f- four main Metal Gear games. No, five. And then if we don't count the one that came out on the Xbox, well, there's like eight Metal Gear games. Let's just say that. Four of them. No, one, two, three, four, five, six of them are PlayStation four ex- PlayStation exclusive. Um, so shout out to shout out to Sony for su- supporting that man after he put everything he had behind them. Um, I want everyone to get everything else they wanted to say out because there's there was a pretty um, scathing article that came out about GameStop from Kotaku, and I'm gonna get um, pretty deep. Into that. Um, I actually have some information from an unnamed insider source. Um, and for clarity, Rafiki currently works at GameStop, so he might not say much cause he not trying to yeah. get fired. Ah know Me on the other hand, I don't really care. Actually, put my two weeks in already. So if they want to fire me, go ahead. Chances of them hearing this podcast, slim to none. But In the archive. In the archive. (laughs) For the interest of clarity, I have worked for the GameStop before. I am currently still on the roster. I'm supposed to work on Monday and Tuesday. We'll see. We'll find out if they hear this podcast. We'll see what happens (laughs) on Sunday. But I have put my two weeks in already. I am slated to quit. Um, I will not be naming the source. Uh, So, uh, we're going to get into that. But before that, uh, y'all got anything else y'all want to talk about? No. Just, uh...
1: Posting up for Naka-Con, man. I'm just prepping myself for all that. Naka-Con going to be so
0: hot.
1: I just want to mention one thing. So, I've been watching Power Rangers Ninja Steel. Oh, hell. All right, no. We're stopping right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it already did start. How many episodes Y'all, in are they? Three
1: episodes in. Y'all are actually sleeping on this. It's actually pretty good. It's really? It's actually... The good. last two seasons actually haven't been... Last season wasn't that... Was little. that Samurai? No, okay. No, no, no. they
0: three removed from I was about, they're, they're removed, so I was about to say, if you said Sam Ryan was good, I'm going to need you to step off the race. I don't know the, the, Power, Ranges, the Power Rangers. It. I'm asking you
1: to War revoke was.
0: your uh, host title.
1: <laughs> I was going <gonna> <laughs> to say something, but I can't. Dino say Charge, I, I would say that one was actually pretty good. If, for me, if we we're to name my top one third of Power Rangers, because there's enough to actually say I have a top one third, I would actually slide. Super Dino Charge or whatever, Dino Charge, whatever it is, because the story was actually legit. However, with that being said, uh, it sounds like there's been more improvements, Matthew? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, so whenever we first talked about the synopsis, it was that Galvanax, the big bad for the season, um, or this iteration of Power Rangers, has a game show, and we all kind of speculated, like, well, that's kind of dumb. It's actually pretty interesting how how they're doing it. So the Red Ranger, Brody, uh, was actually taken captive when he was younger from Earth. And so he's been a prisoner for 10 years. And so he works on this ship and pretty much everyone treats him like crap. He has a mechanic named Mick that he's a friend with who can shapeshift in pretty much any inanimate object, which is weird in itself. But whatever. He turned to a boulder when they fell from the sky. But... Uh, Turned into a what? A boulder. Don't ask questions. Anyway, so it's really a different dynamic. So you're starting with the Ren Ranger, and they have six uh, power stars that's trapped in a nexus. And the whole idea is those who are worthy can reach into the nexus prism and pull out a ninja star. Therefore, that means they are entitled to the power uh, the power of a Power Ranger. So this entire game show uh, leading in the, that 10-year span is about finding people who are worthy to reach in and grab the Power Star out of there. Hmm. And so no, obviously no one's been able to, so then it leads up to uh, Brody and Mick, his friend that can shift, taking it and dipping out from the spaceship when they returned to Earth to get this ninja steel that was covering the Nexus prism to melt into its own Power Star he takes it they jump out of the ship which is literally in the stratosphere of earth and they are falling to the ground (laughs) somehow they survive and then all of a sudden brody's just like hey it's glowing why don't i reach in there and pull it out (laughs) and so he pulls out the red power star or whatever but it's really interesting it's a dynamic of course they're high schoolers Um, but Brody's been removed from Earth for 10 years. So he's still kind of like learning the ropes. He also has a robot with him, uh, that kind of helps him navigate, um, different stuff. But it's so far been pretty good. And one of the big twists after episode two, so there's six power stars. So the five Rangers had, had their thing, um, had their power stars by the end of the episode. But at the end of episode one, three of them had their powers. The Nexus Prism flew off somewhere. But when it came back in episode two, and they had it sitting in front of them, the sixth one was already gone. And so at the end of the episode, it turns out one of the monsters on Galvanax's ship had that sixth power star. And so it's been interesting, uh, interestingly developed in the first three episodes. So it's actually pretty good. Okay. So don't sleep on it. Anyways, with that I might being said, watch it if I'm
0: on my death. See, mm-hmm. I'm just glad they
1: went back <laughs> to ninjas, because there was a time where they tried doing sorcery.
0: We're not going to mention that. No, no. <laughs> Anyways, moving on.
1: Or car mechanics. No, nope. stop it. <laughs> R.I.P. RPM. Anyway, so yeah, that's all I got. Watch Power Rangers Ninja Steel. That's my recommendation. <laughs> What you got,
0: Mookie? All right, uh, if you haven't already heard, um, the internet is already pretty pissed off with GameStop. Um, A lot of their things that they've been doing has pissed customers off for a very long time, and um, it's gotten worse in recent times. So much so that uh, some employees finally, I don't want to say finally, but someone cracked and was interviewed or revealed to Kotaku, um, some of the inner workings of what's called um, Circle of Life. I was debating on if I was going to actually say this on air, but I am I am currently a GameStop employee. As I said, I've quit. Uh, I put my two weeks in already. Uh, my last two days were Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to get my little money. I'm going to sit on the side. I'm going to play my games. I, we already in this house pretty much by our games digital or we hit that Amazon because, and a lot of people don't know this, my Amazon Prime discount is better than my GameStop employee discount. I'll get into reasons. I'll get into more reasons as to why that is later. But an article came out on Kotaku, and the internet lost its collective mind. A lot of people were like, "See, we told you, GameStop's a bunch of fraudulent guys." And some people were like, "Oh, it's not as bad as it is." Um, you are getting this directly from an employee of GameStop, so what I'm about to say is not only in the workings. This is stuff I have done. This is stuff that I have seen. I know exactly. The percentages that are that exist within the circle of life. Not to mention, I have information from an insider source who is higher up the employee chain than I am. I'm not going to reveal his name because that's not proper journalism. I want to establish that we don't do investigative journalism on this podcast at all. That's not us. I can't. I can barely spell investigative journalism. That's not what we do. Hold on, you're a ask major. questions.
1: But hey, look, don't ask no questions. I can't wait till you're double majoring in... Uh, Quizlet. Neuro- <laughs> psychology. Hell, what was it, biochemistry? Was that the other one? You're no, neurobrain surgery. That's Your what it was. Oh,
0: hell. Never. Uh, make it through one week of class. I mean,
1: if kid wants to go the end of the year, then... <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so, the article starts up by saying, um, have you ever gone to GameStop and, uh, over the last few months mm-hmm. to try to buy a new game, and have you been told that it's not in stock? They may simply be lying to you fueled by a new program that discourages GameStop salesperson from selling unowned copies of video games. Let's start there. The truth of the matter is, sometimes that may happen, but that's not exactly what's going on. What, in reality, and I'm speaking factually because I've had to deal with this. Matter of fact, I'll give you an example of what happened at a recent release. We got so many copies of the game literally to the letter what we had pre-ordered. We did not get a single copy of a game over what we pre-ordered. Why is that important? Because if you ever go to GameStop, you've been hit over the head 97 times asking if you want to pre-order a game. The reason they do that is because when Circular Life became a thing, Reservations was one of the Categories that employees get graded on if you don't get reservations you get a coaching on how to properly encourage customers to pre-order a game Those coachings are ridiculous because here's my thing When you try to tell a customer about a game if they're not interested, they're not interested But the coachings are like oh you got to tell them about the detail sometimes people don't care listen there are people who come to GameStop who know everything about, like, there are people who know more than we do as employees, because not, not every employee is as connected as Rafiki and I are. We, like, we run a podcast about video games, we stream, we read, we do a lot. Not every GameStop employee is as, sometimes GameStop is a third, fourth job for some people. I've worked with people who GameStop is their weekend job. That's what they they just come in to, to make like a, a, f- a couple hundred dollars a month just to, to go on vacation or whatever. So not every employee is so sometimes you kind of have to embellish and there are people who come for just Call of Duty. There are people who come for just 2K. But when you have to try and tell them about Kingdom Hearts and like they don't care. But you're encouraged to not only push pre-orders. They have these things called Five to Drive, which are the five most recent games that either just released or the five games that are upcoming. And they want you to push those specific pre-orders. Listen, I don't know how many times I've tried to explain to a Hispanic grandmother about For Honor. The lady doesn't care. Her 14-year-old son wants FIFA. So I sold the lady FIFA. So they may not be lying, the fact that because the company will not send us those extra copies. So, not all employees are necessarily lying. Now, what some employees will do is try to send you to a store who has a new copy, and then people have said, oh well, they'll say they immediately have it new. This has happened to me. A guy purchased a game at a midnight release. Um, they came back to the store at 7 a.m. and said the game sucked and returned and we had a pre-owned the next day. That's happened to me multiple times. So we sell I mean, and the pre owns get sold pretty often. Not to reveal anything about myself, but I've worked at stores that are not in the suburbs, so the surrounding community is very diverse. Um, To be specific, a lot of Hispanics in the store that I have worked at previously, a lot of um, in I won't say borderline, yeah, I won't say impoverished, but it's borderline poverty. So the way they get games is by buying pre-owned. So. So the, I would say the, 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 the pre-owned program benefits some, but it, I would say it is also taking advantage of others. Because if you know what you want and you can't get what you want, that's not a good thing. But I have seen families come in and buy six, seven games for 40 bucks because they had a coupon through the pre-owned program. In the long run, I've saved about $1,000, so I'm not really mad at the pre-owned program because I buy a lot of games. If you buy less than 10 games a year, don't get the card because it will not benefit you at all. Um, I'm just being perfectly honest. If you don't, if you buy under 10 games a year, it is absolutely useless to have the power of awards card. That is the, that is, that is the mathematical. At at that point, you have not only broken even, you have saved money at 10 games a year. Because if you buy, and that, not just 10 games a year, 10 pre-owned games a year. That is a lot of games. Not that many people can afford 10. Not that people have time to play 10 games a year, much less 10 pre-owned games um and unless you're trading in i think it's the trade in value is about 2 to 1 to really get the most out of the prior boards card um the card is useless um so don't don't necessarily get mad at the employee if they don't have the game the company probably just didn't send it to him um and so one of the big wigs i don't know who responded saying uh hey this is not the intention we're trying to provide the best value to the customer um because we understand that we created the pre-owned system, like GameStop when it was back it was Funko Land actually invented the pre-owned program. Was it the Power Up Rewards Circle of Life? Absolutely not. It was just a pre-owned program where you trade in you trade in your games, and you get credit for it within the store. That's not what it is anymore. Circle of Life is broken down in four categories: pre-orders, rewards cards, used game sales, and trade-ins. You are required to have at least a minimum of fifty percent. It's changed. It's changed. Uh, they really push for seventy-five percent, um, and if you miss, they go. They went down to twenty-five. Thirty. Thirty percent. Um, when I was working, oh, just went up. Hmm? It's, it's again. And then different stores have different quotas. So depending on the region you're in, your your quota might be wrong. But like you have to, like you have to have like the store itself has to be functioning at a minimum of 33%. at least that's what the quota I remember from my store was. In order for the store as a total be functioning at 33%, um, every employee has to be functioning at a minimum of 50% because if you if one employee is dragging behind, you get you, you get you will literally get ha- hammered. It is so heavily favored that everyone is performing well because if one person underperforms, Like, I don't know what algorithm they use, but the entire store gets hammered down. And here's my thing. There have been occasions where you're doing great for the whole week. You're doing great for the whole week and you get one bad Saturday and on Monday, the store manager is in the back getting his ear ripped off. Oh, you're not properly training your employees. You're not giving them proper coaching. That's garbage. First of all, You can't tell people not. If if people want to buy new, you can't tell them no. And I'm I'm serious. I have been in the store when a district manager has been there and said, oh, you should try and sell them a pre-owned product. And I'm like, well, they want the new one. And the district manager looked at me dead in my eye and said, do you know what your job is? And I'm like, yes. And he was like, well, do your job. And I'm like, my job is to give this customer what he wants. He wants this new product, and I'm going to sell it to him new. I have been the one who's been outspoken within my store, and one time they tried to threaten me with, like, oh, well, you know, we have to reevaluate your position. I'm like, I'll give you the keys. I'll leave. <laughs> I'll leave. I don't really care. Um, not the store managers. The store managers are good people. Um, I want to I stress that point. The store managers are very good people, um, and they work very hard for their jobs, it is, and the district managers are trying their best, but the corporate structure right there is garbage. They took away benefits from GameStop employees to build a giga factory, a, big, a giga fa- storage factory down in Texas, which is directly across the street from the headquarters. That factory is sitting virtually empty. It's basically a transportation station. It used to be like, I think 20% on everything. It's now only 15% on pre-owned games and accessories. Listen, that factory is virtually empty because if you walk into any GameStop today, it is packed full of junk. I don't want to say junk. It's packed full of loot from GameStop purchased. Loot. Not, uh, what is it? ThinkGeek. They yeah. purchased ThinkGeek a few... Years ago. A, year, a year ago. Every GameStop is packed full of stuff that they keep trying to tell you to push, but nobody wants. We've had Five Nights at Freddy stuff that'll sell within a day. We've had Minecraft stuff that's been in there since we bought ThinkGeek, and the prices will go up. They'll drop it to $3. It doesn't sell at $3. They raise it to $16. If something doesn't sell at $3, what makes you think it's going to sell at $16? So they built this factory, saying, okay, well, this is going to help alleviate some of the pressures for smaller stores. Wrong. Um, there's some stores still just have back rooms that are full of stuff. And sometimes pre- coming up to a release, we'll get, let's say, 15 boxes of shipment. Of the 15 boxes of shipment, let's say three of them have actual games in them. Like I said before, unless it's a game like Call of Duty where they know they're having a lot of walk-ins, we're going to get pre-orders and that's it. Maybe one or two extra copies. Sometimes we actually have to go to other stores to get pre-order copies. I've had to call other stores, go there personally, myself, pick up a copy, just so we have a copy for a customer that was looking for it. The rest of the stuff is loot. Batman, Minecraft, Batman journals, old comic books, uh, the little flashlight from Minecraft and Friday Night's of Freddy. Who wants this stuff? Nobody. Nobody, but they keep pushing this stuff into the stores because they bought ThinkGeek. Think it was going to be a reputable, or I guess a profitable buy. Those things were selling online because those were where the people were looking for them. The people were looking for them online. If you don't know, ThinkGeek was predominantly an online... I guess, sales place, but they were thinking about getting a, a physical location and GameStop bought them out and was not putting the stuff in GameStop stores. They also have GameTrust. They expect us to sell these games that they're publishing from other companies, but here's the problem. They aren't advertising the games anywhere else other than GameStop. Yeah. If I don't know the game is coming out, I'm not going to buy it, but they expect us to have pre-orders of at least 50%. 50% of zero is zero. Like if you're not spending any money on advertising, how do you expect anyone to game? So they they're like, oh well, you know this game is coming out. We're gonna give you a free copy because you Some know we're publishing. Know about Most it employees don't know joke about the game, and they're like very very small indie games. If you if you don't know anything about small indie games, they usually get um, publicity at places like PAX. Uh, they'll go to sites like IGN, they'll go to E3, and they'll have smaller booths, and they'll do a whole lot of this thing, a lot of social media marketing. Listen, you will not find a commercial for Deformers, which is a game that, through Game Trust, GameStop is publishing, anywhere else besides a GameStop store on that little stupid TV that they have playing. And it's not on all the time. It comes on. So if a customer is in your store and they see it, they see it. If they don't, they don't. Granted, those commercials get pretty repetitive. So, like, they have these, now. yeah, yeah. I could probably quote, but they have these, these, these dumb systems in which they expect um, the, the, the 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 GAs essentially the game the, the game associates, which are the lowest guys on the long, to produce essentially out of thin air pre-orders and used game sales when right now most people are mm-hmm. running away from pre-owned game sales. And running too digital. And GameStop is essentially just pretending like digital sales aren't a thing. Hello? Have you seen the rise of digital se- Have you seen what Steam has done? And now that... Excuse me. Uh, Microsoft is being more aggressive. Listen. Microsoft, when the Scorpio gets announced, will be significantly more aggressive about buying games digitally. Especially when they run summer sales. They're already giving four... Listen. They get four games away every month two on the Xbox One, two on the Xbox 360, which are backwards compatible. Sony gives like five away, but like they don't really count because a lot of them are like, if you get it on one, you get the three. You get it on all three systems, Vita, PS3, and PS4. And a lot of people have been complaining that the quality of games have gone down. That's besides the point. Sony actually caught wind of this and they're giving better sales to PS Plus members. So I honestly think If GameStop doesn't figure out a way to get publishers back on their side and this is not going to help them, that company will go down within the next five years. Digital sales, they need to figure out how to combat digital sales respectfully without um, essentially forcing the hand of the customer to go pre-owned. Because like I gave, I'm being perfectly honest. I like the PowerPoint's card because it saved me a whole bunch of money. And like this one guy, I gave him the whole spiel, he bought the card. And he bought the game. He was like, man, I thought I was supposed to be saving games. Like, and you save money on the back end. He was like, man, you sold me a dream. I'm kind of upset with you. I'm like, I'm just trying to do my job. He's like, I get it. But, man, you sold me a dream. That really is the case. Like, And parents don't want to buy their game their kids 10 games a year. Like, They'll buy them Call of Duty and FIFA and GTA and things like that. But that's one or two games here and there. Unless you're a college student or you're... You're really, really into the video game culture, and you work a full time job, and you have time to play these games. Not too many people can afford ten pre-owned games a year. Like again, granted, pre-owned games are cheaper, but here's how it works: like new game comes out for sixty after tax in the specific store I worked at, comes out to sixty five ninety five. You trade that again in game in, unless it's a big name game, you're getting no more than twenty five dollars, sometimes fifteen.
1: Not unless they run a trade sale.
0: Not unless they run a trade sale. You, Good luck in anything more than 30. They used to do 30 a lot more back in the day. They don't do 30 anymore. It's 25, most of the time 15. That game will be on the shelf pre owned for $59.95. And then if you're a pro member, $47.95. Big whoop. Um, I want to get into a letter that was actually sent into game stores. Um, this was sent by, I want to get his name right. Tony, Um, he is, I believe, the head of... Oh, Tony Bartel sent this to all GameStop associates. And essentially he was saying, um, let me be clear on this, this being the article on Kotaku. GameStop um, is not interested in lying to customers. Nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, So everything from this point, quote, nothing can be further from the truth. You and I know that GameStop, it is absolutely our mission to help our customers Absolutely, our mission to get the best advice and price on any product uh, we sell through buying, trading, pre-ordering, and earning points. We want every customer to get the product and deal that is right for them, whether it be new or pre-owned video game product, digital game, or collectibles. Circle of Life generates great value for the customers considering their facts. Considering the facts, GameStop issued approximately $1 billion in trade credits to our customers last year, 70% of the time those trade dollars were immediately spent on new game products. Here is explaining exactly why 70% of the time those items were the money that was issued were spent on new game products. Because customers will usually get an email saying, hey, trade your games in and get a 20%, 30%, 50% bonus towards Resident Evil towards this and it's usually four or five weeks ahead of time hey trade this stuff in and get bonus towards a pre-order of this game and then it usually run for about the first week but the amount of games you have to trade to get like unless you're trading in grand theft auto or ds games ds games hold their value particularly mario games and pokemon games you're not getting much for your games anyway um here's a direct quote from my unnamed source Um, for example, if employees, if three employees are being, are doing 75% on circle of life and two are doing 25% on the store, that's an average of 55%. Even if those law associates have only done a few transactions, it's not a true reflection of how the store is functioning as a whole. And we don't, the company doesn't care about how anyone feels. Last week, um, they called us all in and told us we need to do a better job of uh, encouraging our employees to get more pre-owned dollars in the store. Even though they run trade deals, even though no one cared about those trade deals, we still caught the brunt of the yelling. Monday, four to five days left. To, um, on Monday, you have four or five days left to hang on for results for things you did last week. But you're, gonna, you're still going to get hammered over the head. Um, with leaders asking choirs you, why you're not doing your job. We are doing our job. you just care about results. So customers are coming in and buying stuff, but GameStop doesn't care about what they're buying. GameStop cares about if they're buying with GameStop money. If customers come in and buy loot, GameStop is making money on loot. If customers come in and buy pre-owned products, GameStop is game Gamestop doesn't care if Microsoft sells a million Xbox ones, Because GameStop makes less than 10% on those. Now, if GameStop can take in as many trade-ins as possible, and this is another thing I'm really about to get hot about, they always encourage us to take in pre-owned systems. Those pre-owned systems barely get checked. I kid you not. 50 to 75% of the pre-owned products that we get go straight to the factory. Half of them don't get checked, particularly systems, because the, what they'll do is say, oh, it was bad this. So they'll check it for one issue instead of doing a complete comprehensive check. They'll check it for a bag disc tray, and a customer will buy a, quote-unquote, premium refurbished Xbox One. And I'm saying this as a customer and as an employee. I purchased a pre-owned Xbox One, went home. 36 hours later, the thing broke. I had to return it, and listen— The the employee, Tori, who is now fired, thankfully, I told her, I want a pre-owned Xbox One, not a refurbished one. The chick gave me a refurbished one three times after asking for a pre-owned one. And she finally said, oh, well, this is all we have. Go back to the store 36 hours later, they had 17 pre-owned ones. She just wanted to give me a pre-owned premium refurbished. So some employees are bad, yes. But the system is what is fundamentally broken. GameStop functionally, has a cancer that is not... It's, it's, it's all about profit. It used to care about its employees. It used to care about the customer base. Right now, it is functionally broken. And that, 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 that... I don't want to get too political, but that starts at the top because when your corporate heads don't care about the culture, they care about the money, you get really, really just bad habits. And you get a bad culture. Like, the the attrition rate for employees is through the roof. People are quitting at rates that we haven't seen before. Um, I quit. Um, And I know another associate who works at another store who have gone through two store managers, two assistant store managers in the last three months. An assistant manager doesn't quit unless they're like listen an assistant manager at any other store probably has to go through a lot of stuff but the amount of garbage that they're being put through is unfair last thing i want to address is hours GameStop is not they're gonna to lie to you and say that that these systems are they're lying because if we don't keep up with circle of life if you don't meet that you get your hours taken away and that that's not that's not fairy tale that's not fantasy that has actually happened stores have had their hours reduced by 15 20 hours taken away 15, 15 hours is what two three shifts for a GA you literally lose an employee they just take an entire employee away from you and store managers can't even set their own hours store managers get their own weekly hours sent down from corporate um this happened as a response to, I guess, Obama was trying to get the minimum raise, minimum wage raised. So they were like, oh, well, um, we can't afford to pay for, which makes no sense, because apparently they were boasting about their $1.4 billion of profit. But they said, oh, we can't afford to pay for employees to have a, way, um, a pay raise, and we don't necessarily feel it's our place and workplace to pay for health care, insurance, whatever. Hey, business practices be their own. I get it but then they took away the flexibility of store managers to choose their own hours store managers get mandated hours which is I believe 44 hours and then they have to use whatever is left for their employees so if so if the store doesn't meet Or exceed expectations with Circular Life. They get hours taken away. They basically have to lose an employee. And still, they're expected to make these hours work. So what you have is employees being, like, not only is the pressure coming from the store manager, but then the district managers, they'll come and hang out in stores and kind of just have this, I don't want to say demeaning presence, but a pressuring presence to perform. Meanwhile, you're working by yourself trying to deal with, As many, I would say every GameStop employee, every good employee can handle about five customers in the store by themselves. But when it gets past six, seven o'clock, when the kids come home, the parents have eaten dinner and they want to do something before they go to bed. Sometimes you have 10, 12 employees in the store, customers in the store and you have kids running around. Now, I'm not saying everybody has malicious intent, but you have to watch everybody. You're not able to give everyone the quality customer experience that they deserve. And then when customers walk out angry, you get a complaint. You know who gets hammered when you get a complaint? The store managers. The store managers get a complaint. You got to get a complaint. And then you got to go get in the back and they give you a coaching. The system is not meant for success. The the system is an automatic, essential, just like... It's supposed to be this automatic, um, cyclical growth of... of, of money but it isn't because the money the money's what the way the circle of life is developed is to get money in the system and keep it rotating so they buy pre-owned products um trade in pre-owned products to pre-order new products and when they get the new products done they trade in those new products get pre-owned dollars it's supposed to be this cyclical system what it is it's really just kind of downward spiral towards mediocrity and just in the words of Stephen it Stephen a smith My favorite sportscaster, the temerity, the unmitigated (laughs) goal for them to really just go out in the public and to lie to everyone and expect that, oh, we're just going to believe you. A lot of employees have come out. A lot of employees come out and really expose them. People are scared for their jobs. I left because I really don't care. (laughs) So I know that was a bit heavy. I know that was a bit of a rant. So this episode might be a little longer than it does. But um, we've come to an end of the show. You guys got anything else you want to say? Nope. Nah. Keep posted on this issue. There is a chance that we will have um, a guest on the show next week if he decides he wants to be on the show. Um, he is currently still an employee of GameStop um, and may have exact numbers and details uh, for you and, 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 and more history for... Um, on how the company has regressed and declined in a quality over the past few years. Um, trying to figure out if we can do that or not. Um, but uh, we appreciate you listening. This is a show about video games, comics, TV shows. Sometimes it's a show about absolutely nothing. Every once in a while, we have to step up to the plate put our chest out, and um, talk about some serious issues. But we do it because we love the culture. At least I love the culture. People don't understand when I say I love the culture of gaming, but it really is true. I really do love the culture. I love um, things that have come out of um, the culture, such as like the rise in video game cosplays um, has grown exponentially in the last few years. Um, YouTubers and streamers, streamers wouldn't be as popular as they were if it wasn't like the most popular YouTuber in the world. PewDiePie is a gamer by nature. Twitch would not exist as a business system without gamers. Um, shout out to everyone participating in the Rainbow Six um, Invitational. Good luck to all you champions. Those guys are going to win a bunch of money. It created jobs for people, game, en- game enthusiasts, video game journalists. I love this culture. I love everything about it. And I want to do everything I can in my power to not only defend it, but see it grow and evolve in healthy ways. So this was just one of those ways I feel was necessary, one of the things I felt I had to talk about. But we'll get into some lighter subjects. My name is Mookie, it's been a pleasure hosting y'all this evening. You everyone fun? else? A little bit. I need water. Yeah. What's that next to you? I- I'm about to drink this whole water real quick. All right. Everyone else, sign out, and uh, we'll catch y'all later. All right. All right. Rafiki.
1: As you all well known, figured out I came in late, but I'm here. And you gotta work, you gotta work. And hey, trying to get this money, trying to get this budget. Fact. Uh, follow me on social media. Nope, it's your boy, Timmy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. You know no, no, you find you, me, you Black Black Twitter,
0: privileges. Instagram, ha. Snapchat, you know all that good stuff. We established this before you <laughs> came on the podcast. Right
1: all right, so guys, <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and put this out there. I won't be on next week because I'll be in Chicago but follow me on Snapchat at Matt underscore Ogutu and don't follow it me. probably it probably won't be wild it might be we might just be hanging out in the hotel room <laughs> watching some people follow. <laughs> you get the you get the idea follow me on Snapchat that's the only place where it's really late anyways thanks for joining us guys uh, this has been another episode about even more about Oh, oh, oh,